0: Welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and our special guests today on this edition are the President of Education, Sport and Culture, Deputy Andrea Dudley-Owen, and the Director of Education, Nick Hines. Welcome to both of you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, Thanks for joining us. Um, can I begin uh, by sort of setting out what we're aiming to do today, uh, and we've obviously communicated a- about this, which is uh, there's been a lot of political machinations uh, of late, and uh, we're going to put those to one side um, for, for a little moment and just talk about the implications of recent decisions Uh, for students, parents, uh, staff at our secondary education uh, facilities on the islands, those that our states maintained. Um, Of course, the uh, most recent uh, uh, win for yourselves was that finally, after uh, being effectively defunded through the... uh, uh, funding and investment plan uh, debates, uh, we found some uh, funding for your Les Oswe, uh campus, or at least some theoretical funding, some money that is expected to come in uh, to cover it. So we now have the green light for uh, Les Lazosway, which is obviously um, particularly good news for those attending the College of Further Education, the uh, Guernsey Institute. So can, can we start with that? And could you paint a picture for us um, of what life is going to be like how it's going to change for those people at the Guernsey Institute once once this Les Oswe campus is up and running and when exactly that will be.
2: Yes um, if I just take a step back if you might allow me just to paint a picture for listeners um, around how this has come about because it has been a very frustrating process and for listeners who may not be up to speed on politics. They may be listening to this podcast to be reassured about what the future holds for them or for their their children. Um, in terms of the background to this, the committee has been attempting to get the go ahead for the campus development and uh, to progress the reorganization of secondary and post-16 education mm-hmm. since uh, January last year, 2023. Previous to that, we did have the green light, but then it was uh, revoked. And it was revoked because the state of the island's finances was such that the then PNR felt that it would be irresponsible to go ahead with the allocated capital projects, of which Les Osway campus development is one, without going back to the states to say, actually, our finances are not in a good position. We need uh, to have uh, a sustainable financing or funding plan um, for year-on-year expenditure, as well as for capital projects. And in the bucket of projects that the or the capital programme that uh, the states has on its to-do list, within that was the Les Oswe campus development. So it had been approved, funding had been allocated back in 2021 which is why we sped ahead with the entirety of the programme. The Les Ozuwe campus development is just one of the projects within that programme. So that gives the context to this.
0: Sure, yeah. I mean, lots of projects had been approved. And Absolutely. eventually the states realised we haven't got the money to do all of this. We, yes. And that was why the funding and investment plan came along. Correct. Priorities were made. This, this project dropped down in that list of priorities effectively and became defunded for a period but is now funded So that, that's uh, absolutely uh, that's right picture, and I think that it?
2: that's an important thing because there have been some questions about well why would you go ahead when you didn't have funding well we did have funding and a series of um, events manifested themselves um, you know the force majeure that comes along in life and knocks you off uh, your course and so that's why we're back on track now and obviously the green light means that we're going to be able to uh, make a substantial difference to how uh, students are being educated in their post-16 environment. And we're extremely excited about that prospect and uh, are excited to be able to fulfil the vision that we have for post-16 education. And also secondary, it does have a drip down effect um, uh, for Guernsey.
0: Yeah. So let's start from there then. On on what date are TGI students going to be walking through the, the new uh, shiny gates at the Way?
1: Well, um, hopefully, we'll have the um, program. Uh, we'll start. We'll start the demolition. Hopefully, in May this year, we'll start the build. Hopefully, in August or September this year, and it's a twenty-month build project. So we can start to move learners from the College of Further Education existing sites. I think hopefully by the end of twenty twenty-six December. To be actually on campus, fully operational for September 27.
0: Okay, September 27 is uh, the point at which Coutances site will be empty by then. Are you saying so? Everybody yeah. who's currently well, there, so, Delancey as well. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, and and you know, you, you asked at the beginning about the benefits for for those learners, and I think what people sometimes forget is you know, the, the College of Further Education, the Guernsey Training Agency, the Institute of Health Studies have enormous benefits to the whole community. It's not just those 16 to 19 learners. It's actually 14 to 16 learners who are um, accessing through existing school courses. It's the 16 to 19 full-time provision. It's all of our apprentices. It's all of those adult learning courses. It gives us the opportunity to move the Institute of Health Studies onto that side for all of our nursing and social care and social worker studies, including um, also our initial teacher training programme, and then it's the opportunity to move the Guernsey Training Agency from its current location in town to be part of that really vibrant um, community on that campus where it will be developing the business arm for the Guernsey Institute. So the benefits are not only going to be for those students and learners, but for the whole community. And we see that learner profile, those numbers of young people and Adult community growing for the benefit of the whole community, for education and the economic development of the the island as well.
0: And so, has the plan, as it now looks, uh, brought together all of those elements of, of that kind of vocational training? There's no, there's no other um, elements of it that are going to still be existing outside of the campus.
1: No, so everything will be on that campus: vocational, technical skills, all on that single campus. And that gives real benefits. For creating that parity of esteem that we've spoken about so um, so much, both politically and on an officer level, to ensure that there is there's not seen within the community or elsewhere that there is a, a a better or worse course to be on according to what you're accessing. And I think what we're seeing now is actually dare I say I think we're at the forefront really of some of that thinking. When we get the sixth form centre on there as well, when you're looking at what England are are looking to do with the advanced British standards, which is actually about 2033, their current proposals are to have no A levels, no T levels and have a complete um, amalgamation of those vocational, technical and academic skills into a single qualification, which is about breadth of those different subjects, which will have a real opportunity for Guernsey to be at the forefront of allowing those learners to access technical, academic, vocational, all on the single campus.
0: With the um, this theoretical funding coming through, the the, the, the new PNI is very confident we're going to have in place that will justify this cost. Um, there was a little bit of compromise wasn't there so um, that has meant and we'll come on to this in, in greater detail uh, firstly that the sixth form centre will not be built there initially the foundations for it will be uh, that was decided but um, for now at least for a, a minimum of four years uh, the sixth form won't be there we'll come on to that um, but there was another compromise wasn't there which was in terms of the sports facilities mm-hmm. at the campus uh, can we, can we address that and um, talk about the turf uh, it, from the point of view both of um, the, the the sort of enrichment opportunities for the for the students that will actually be attending there, and for those studying uh, sport more closely, what what are the implications for them of that?
2: Can I just um, preface that by saying that it was disappointing that we weren't able to deliver the entirety of Lesotho campus in one go, um, but we do recognise, and I certainly recognise, the need to be pragmatic and uh, not not to bite the hand that, that is offering to feed you. And I think that in this instance, we, we've got to live with what we've been offered and we will make the best of that. But it must be recognised that the the delivery of the entire campus is the vision that must be delivered for the betterment of education and also to support the island going forwards. In terms of the alternative arrangements that we have to make, they're not the ideal ones that we would want to put in place. But as with everything that we do, we make sure that they are, are, are going to meet the expectations of, of the users. Um, and to ensure that, that the educational outcomes are not impacted, that they're not compromised. Because whilst we have to compromise as politicians and obviously as of- officers as well about the, uh, the scope of resources that are available to us, that must not feed into compromises for um, the the level of education that we're able to provide for our children and our young people and our adult learners as well we absolutely must demand nothing but the very best. And that's what we're um, striving to achieve in everything that we do.
0: So how is that being achieved um, in in the context of not having those sports facilities provided at those others? What are the implications practically for those people directly involved, students especially?
1: Yeah, so we're working through those as implications at the moment, should the sports facilities not be built there um, in the near future. And certainly as part of the the BOSAS Your Review, which is ongoing, um, we'll be having a really active part in there to set out really clearly what requirements we would have with regards to BosaJour moving forward to deliver those um, qualifications around PE, sports and um, other other things which require those facilities. But also you mentioned the enrichment and we'd need to ensure that the facilities at BosaJour were also available to continue the really valuable enrichment programmes that we deliver through the Guernsey Institute and through the Sixth Form Centre. Because you're right, we also don't want to lose those enrichment activities which are really well embedded within within the Guernsey culture and within the Guernsey education culture. And it's certainly something that when we've had now external inspections, one really strong feature of those inspections has been around um, that personal development and the care and the pastoral support that our students get. So we need to make sure that we don't lose that if we're not able to build those sports facilities. but. The campus as a whole won't just be about those sports facilities and there'll be other opportunities for enrichment across other parts of the campus but the the sports and delivery of those higher education and further education facilities that the sports rely on will ensure that we look at that Bose review really carefully to make sure we can continue delivering those valuable courses.
0: So, so what, what uh, changes will you require of Bose to meet the expectations that uh, that you were talking about, Deputy W.O., in, in, in terms of making sure that you're delivering everything that you want? Are, are they going to have to uh, put in place effectively classrooms there? Are they going to be connected to the TGI network in terms of IT, that sort of thing?
1: The, I mean, yes, in short, they... Um, in order, to, in order to fulfill what we need to do to deliver those courses, we'll have to ensure that Séjour is matching the facilities that we would have had available down at Les Osway campus. Um, now there's a different price tag for that than it would be if we were to build them at Les Osway, but we've got a range of different different options and different costs according to what would be built there rather than the short, medium or longer term. Because you're right, if we're delivering those high-level sports degrees or PEA level, there's a different requirement with regards to what gym might need to be used or what classrooms might need to be used. So we need to make sure that we're not narrowing the curriculum by moving any of those studies up to BosaJour. And we're confident that certainly in the short term, by using BosaJour, we can make that work. If it was going to be a longer, a longer view or medium-term view, then there are... Infrastructure changes we would be seeking to work with our colleagues at Beau Sejour to do. And we're confident from the conversations we've already had with them that that would be possible to use some of their existing services and their existing facilities and also to add to some of those, which not only would benefit the students who are accessing from the Guernsey Institute, but at weekends and evenings could also start to enhance the current facilities available at Beau Sejour for the whole community.
0: And um, that prompts a couple of questions, well, many, but the, t- the two principal ones that occur to me. Firstly, are there any? Uh, is there any requirement on you for some form of sort of segregation from a safeguarding point of view? Sixteen-year-old students going to Bosa and uh, it's obviously a facility used by adults. Is that is that any kind of an issue, or is that really considered perfectly okay because of their age?
1: The, the, I mean, whenever we deliver any courses, which are. Um off-campus or part of a different environment we the one of the first things we look at are whatever what safeguarding arrangements are in place the different options
0: wouldn't be off-campus would it because no, it would become no. part of the campus i guess no
1: exactly so th- that's what i'm saying the different options we worked work with both at the moment are having those discrete um areas within both which might become part of the the guernsey institute and
0: right okay and the other question is is this all um, uh, um a process that you can go through internally at the committee or do, do you are you going to be required to go back to the states and say can we do this with both
2: well certainly the the both review is is working through at the the moment mm. um and it's just started actually um and it's due to deliver into next year it's it's, it's a long process uh, working with multiple stakeholders who have multiple interests um, in the centre as we know and a piece that I've done um, a few months ago or a, end of last year when we spoke about the Boast Assure Review is that it means so many things to so many people and it has gone through many iterations in its life and this is the next chapter in its life to make it fit for um, the purpose of uh, being a forward-facing public service and, and leisure use.
0: I guess what I'm asking, though, so, is if you got the power to make all this happen or is there the is, risk that the states uh, will come and say, no? Nah.
2: Well, it is within the committee mandate. There's always a risk that anything that you make a decision about within the committee mandate has to go to the states because someone might force it into the states, via a get. Right. Or the committee themselves might feel that the expenditure is such that actually um, it either doesn't have the power uh, to to um get the money itself, um, or that um, it would have to go to the states in order, because it's in the public interest to such a large degree. So there's various ways of going around these things. um, But it is um, a fact, and we were open and transparent about that, if you're not going to have the sports facilities on site, as planned originally, well, where would you put them? Well, the next obvious is beaux sur and a lot of people have been very reasonable and logical about that thinking, and are accepting about uh, the the review and exploring the best use of um, states' assets uh, for public services. and And I think that that everybody who'd be listening would be wanting to ensure that we are making best use. We're not duplicating where we don't need to. Um, but at the same time, that we're we're making sure that we're not compromising the outcomes for those users, whether they be students who are using the Bayside Social Centre as part of an extended campus for TGI, whether it be um, uh, the social prescribing and the the health activities that go on, which are so valuable to the community, whether it be uh, use outside of the the working day for our barracudas and our our elite swimmers, etc., and and all the different stakeholder groups that have got an interest um, in in, in Beausjou, so it's about juggling all the interests and making sure that we are still continuing to deliver and giving value for money for the taxpayer.
0: okay, thank you. and um before we move on from the uh, the the TGI, um the TGI then will effectively if things work with Bojou be uh, a- across two sides, but only two no more than that just 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 leave those way in Beaujou. Yeah, it'll just yeah. be across those two yeah. sites. And and what do you think uh, when you open up in two thousand uh, t- sorry twenty twenty seven um, is going to be the the student body that in terms of numbers how many how many are you expecting uh, I know you can't put an exact figure on it but what's what sort of size are we talking about?
1: I'm, I'm with the uh, sixth form on campus as well. There'd be over a thousand learners. Now, it's as it's, 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 like you say, it's difficult to say how many learners would be on campus at any one time because yes. we have adult learners in the evening. Um, we have the fourteen to sixteen learners a part of the day. We have the apprentices in for a day a week. We have the full time sixteen to nineteen learners in. I think what we would see is well over a thousand on a weekly basis in and out at different times and one of the really really valuable things that we we're going to be able to achieve at the camp on the campus is actually twenty four hour facility access to things like the resource center the library so students can go and study there at different times of the day much as they can at the current institute of health studies at the um at the hospital so it's going to be that really vibrant mm. young adult and adult learning center where it's going to be a really good stepping stone for those young people who are looking to further and higher education from either on ireland or off island.
0: And in terms of the evening use of the Princess Royal Centre, is there any change there? Because at the moment, obviously, it's used by the uh, various public um, yes. entities. That that will continue.
2: That's right. We've we've approved a strategy that was put forward by the operations uh, lead for Princess Centre for Performing Arts um, about Theatre First. Ethos and and how to drive that that forward and and at the moment there's no change uh, to that. It's a business plan that has been put forward to ensure that the theatre is being used for the purpose for which it was designed, but also to support the learning aspirations um, and the curriculum offer in drama and performing arts that we have on island. I I must say that I am so excited about the campus. I think it is one of the biggest changes that we will see and exciting changes that we will see in Guernsey um, over um, a few generations. And I think that once it's up and running and delivered, that it is going to be um, such a, uh, a proposition that will really make... Younger people excited about staying um, in education because we know that we do lose people at 16 and we we think that the offer and the experience of being on campus with peers are never before um, are offered. Uh, exp uh, opportunity in Guernsey where previously what we've done is we've said okay well if you're going to study that subject uh, then you have to go to that place and if if you're studying another type of subject you're going to have to go to that place um or if you're just a uh, workplace uh training then then you're not going to be able to to mix with your peers but we know that Guernsey is is pretty homogenous in terms of people mixing with each other. We all go to the beach together. It doesn't matter what you're studying or where you're working. You know, we go to the pub together. We go to uh, different events, the, the the shows together. You you don't sort of split yourselves off on the basis of of what you're doing during the day. But this gives our young people an opportunity to to eat together on the same campus to be able to have the same types of entertainment on a Friday evening in the the piazzas that are going to be available, to be able to go to enrichment classes such as if there's yoga or uh, football or, or extra sort of curricular um, activities going on on the campus, Those young people will be able to have those shared experiences together and no longer be separated just on the basis of what academic course or what vocational course or training that they may have wanted to do. But I think in terms of the economies of scale for a small island like Guernsey bringing together the post 16 makes so much sense it allows our staff to be able to collaborate in a way they've never been able to before for the benefit of the students that they are teaching and for our students to come together and to be able to collaborate and to share to network to form friendships that are going to be lifelong which we know is really important in guernsey but also importantly to allow Guernsey to be a viable choice for their post 16 studies as well but also post 18 so that we would be I hope seeking in the future to enhance the range of degree courses that we can offer on Ireland because one of our biggest problems for Guernsey has been losing our young people and we lament that on an annual basis how do we keep our young people here and it's not about clipping their wings it's not about saying You shall not travel off island because we know for islanders, it's very important to do their global travel and to see other things and to do other things um, and to experience uh, life outside of Guernsey. But to enable them to study at a high level in Guernsey is really important for them. It reduces their cost. We know that a lot of young people are hesitant about leaving the island for a long period, for a long period of time. Um, it allows us to keep our young people, our homegrown talent, which is what we need so much to sustain us in the future and to make the island a success. It's a win-win for everybody, but I do acknowledge change on this scale is often difficult to envisage, to be able to deal with emotionally because people don't know what it means for them, but it is really exciting and uh, and I hope to engender that excitement as we we go along and people start to see what the reality of the change means for them and how positive it is.
0: Let's move on from the uh, Les way for a moment and uh, walk uh, across Foots Lane to uh, Le um and uh, talk about the work that's going on there or that is going to be necessary there because this is one of these um, seismic changes that is, is happening. You're you're basically decanting uh, the entirety of the, uh, the the body of students from Lamar de Cartres uh, over to... Uh, Le Varond um, to make a, a considerably bigger school. Um, as part of this, you're extracting uh, those who are currently attending the sixth form centre and moving them into La Le cartre Let's look at Le Varond first, though. Um, what is going to be necessary uh, for you to make that uh, a viable um, venue for such a large number of secondary school students? And how many? How many are we talking about?
1: Well, I think there's there's two pieces of work really around. Um around that. And, and I think if you'd seen the the funding that had been agreed, there's there's circa £7 million or so, which is around ongoing upgrades of the labour on campus, which were already planned but have been included within the, um, the agreed funding stream. And those include things such as the ongoing re-roofing of the campus. We've been doing that continually over the last few years at certain points over the summer period. It's about looking at what other upgrades need doing such as the windows and that's an ongoing business as usual piece of work. There's also a um, an element of, of that funding which is actually about upgrades that will need to be made in the longer term around ensuring that education services such as the music service will be able to be delivered from there in the future once um, the sixth form students have moved over to Lamar for that interim period of time prior to their move to Les Osway.
0: Right, OK, so the music centre is staying put throughout the process, are you saying? The,
1: mu- the music centre at the moment is staying put. Obviously, what we need to look at is then student numbers and pre- making sure that we've got the numbers, um, the space required for those students who are going to be moving over from Lamar. But the plan at the moment is the music centre will stay put in the um, on the campus.
0: OK, and for the sake of the staff working in the music centre, are they still going to be operating out of the temporary cabins in the car park?
1: At the moment, that's their office space, but they're delivering, obviously, from the the labour on site over the weekend and the performing arts centre over the weekend, as they have been in the past.
0: Right. Um, and w- what is the alteration going to be required for the what is currently the Sixth Form Centre building? Is that going to be sort of fully integrated into... Um, Uh, sort of classroom spaces and how do the room sizes uh, compare to those that are used at the Varond? are they all suitable for what's going to be required?
1: What we need to do around that six form space is um, look about how that might need to be configured for the future use for the music service and any other services that are put there in the future and also to consider what element of that might need to be part of the Le school site in the future either in the short term or longer term so those are being worked up at the moment.
0: Right, OK, so the, the, the plans aren't finalised yet, but it, it needs to be ready by what time? There
1: are, there, are, there are of course, plans in place, but we need to look at ensuring that um, the principal of the head of the high school of Le Veronde has got the space she requires in order to deliver mm-hmm. all of the learning she needs to in those teaching spaces, whilst we have all of the young people coming over from Lamar and when the um, sixth form students go over to Lamar.
2: May I just add, just for listeners' benefit, because I think that something that I didn't fully realise some years ago before I got into the States, was that actually the Sixth Form Centre is not a standalone discrete centre, which could have a door shut between it and the 11 to 16 area of the school. It is, in actual fact, an annex to the 11 to 16 part of the school. And the sixth form uses a substantial part of the eleven sixteen school for its um, curriculum, to, to for its lessons, basically for students to be able to uh, do sciences, etc. So, it, it I think that in the community there is a perception that the sixth form centre is uh, um, a standalone uh, addition to Le Varond, um, and that it just happens to operate. Um, uh, as, a, as an 11 to 18, but actually could be um, uh, separated as a standalone and that's not the case. And, and even uh, I wrote a piece in the newspaper um, at the end of last year, which was actually um, formed part of a letter to a parishioner um, who said that, that is so easy to understand, put it out into the public domain. And I had a colleague of mine who'd, who's been in the States for a very, very long time and they didn't realise that the sixth form centre was just an annex to the existing building. And I think that we've got a perception that it, it's not what it actually is. And, and once you start to understand that, then it starts to become clear about the limited space requirements at the Le Verand campus.
0: So there's a greater integration, are you saying, between the uh, sixth form students currently studying at Le Verand and the school site?
1: Yes, absolutely. And yeah.
0: why is that the case? Why, why has it developed into that uh, having that integration?
1: That that's, well, it's, it's always been the case. I mean, there's there's almost sixty percent of the sixth form lessons are currently delivered within the Labour on school part of the site.
0: And and why would that be? Why why not just have the sixth form because, do its own thing?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I, I can't speak about what happened in the past when it when it was built, but the, the school has run as an eleven to eighteen school. Even though it's the, um, it was obviously the grammar school in sixth form centre, it was timetabled as if it was an 11 to 18 school. There aren't sufficient classrooms just in a sixth form centre to deliver all of the A level, year 12 and year 13 provision and keep them in that part of the building.
0: Right, but there will be at the Lamar sixth at, form?
1: Absolutely. At, at Lamar, there is more than sufficient space to deliver all of the programmes and all the areas of study that we would craft for that A-level provision.
0: Okay, so uh, currently at Le Verand, um how does it work with the staffing? Are the staff that are, are teaching sixth form subjects uh, overlapping? Are they also teaching uh, in the 11-16 bracket as well?
1: Some do. There's some staff who just teach in a sixth form centre. There are some staff who just teach in the 11 to 16, and there are some staff who teach across both.
0: And, and w- how large is that last category?
1: I, I couldn't tell you that off the top of my head. What I do know is that when we move to a standalone sixth form, firstly at Lamar and then onto the Les Oswey campus, there will be only a very small number of staff who are teaching both in the sixth form centre as a standalone institution and across the schools. Okay. And, and the senior leaders. Um, of the Sixth Form Centre will be on site all the time and it will be time timetable particularly in the first few years to ensure that the movement is kept to a minimum. At the moment I think the movement of staff is um, possibly less than 10 staff moving across on a weekly basis.
0: So, um, okay. I realize we're now sort of moving geographically over to Lamar in with it with this question, but, um, they're obviously so inter- interrelated, these changes. Um, if let's take, for example, um, uh, well, photography or Spanish, mm-hmm. um, subjects that, um, are probably less than half, well, quite a lot less than half of students will actually opt for. Um, how will subjects that are, um, You know, relatively, I don't want to call them minor subjects, but you know, Mm -hmm. less popular subjects. If you like, Uh, are they going to be taught by um, uh, um, dedicated specialist teachers at A level who are full time at uh, at the new campus?
1: I mean, absolutely. All subjects will be well. all, All subjects will be delivered by specialists within that subject area. Now, year on year, depending on what options are selected by those young people, depends on what how full a timetable that person might have. So although the modelling that we've done suggests that, as I said, there's less than 10 teachers who would have to be travelling across between delivering a Key Stage 3 and Key Stage 4 curriculum, as well as the A-level curriculum, and what we've really tried to do in the remodelling and restructuring we're doing is ensuring that there's as many dedicated 6 form only staff on campus at any one time all the time, which means for those students, that their tutors will always be there, that the senior leadership team of the Sixth Form Centre will always be there. But there may be some subject areas, and I, I couldn't say off the top of my head what they might be, but let's say, for instance, photography, if it was a, a smaller group and only a single group in year 12, for example, it may be then that photography teacher is delivering the A level provision for year 12 and maybe delivering year 11 at one of the other campuses' photography as well. But the majority of subjects we'll have those subject-specific staff based on that campus all the time.
0: So the the practicalities of that, will that have an implication on what subjects are actually available for students to choose?
1: No, it will be. I mean, one of the benefits actually with this is we will be be able to maintain that breadth of curriculum because we'll make sure that those subject specialists and the ability to deliver those subjects are available on that campus because what we really cannot do, especially with looking at What England are looking to do, as I mentioned before, with the advanced British Standard, the whole movement is actually about widening the breadth of curriculum at post sixteen rather than narrowing it. We're one of the England or one of the only countries who actually have that narrowing effect and go down to maybe two or three subjects at A level. Actually, most European countries keep that breadth to five or sometimes seven in some of the Scandinavian countries. And that's certainly what England are looking at. And if they choose to do that, and A levels and T levels from a College of Further Education perspective fall by the wayside, what we're going to be looking to do is about widening the breadth of our offer rather than narrowing it because that may mean that students are continuing to study English and maths as well as other specialist subjects, Most mm-hmm. well, well, likely, well, the well, IB. The
2: co-location of the sixth form is, is very forward looking and the opportunities that that brings once the sixth form is on campus for those, the timetabling to be uh, aligned so that students have got a broader opportunity to choose between academic study and complementary vocational training study as well.
0: But So, so are students going to be able to choose them, a mix of the two, are you suggesting? In the
2: future. Um, on a co-located basis, then yes, that is what. That, it that
0: is. sounds more of an integration than a co-location, then pretty much.
2: Well, the, these things—you—you have a vision for to be able to uh, to offer these things. You have to go. The change has to happen at a uh, a steady pace. What a future committee might discern about the governance around that is—is is, you know, as a completely different question. But certainly, in being able to offer. A broad array of subjects then that is what we need to be looking at in order to give our post 16 and our, our learn our students um, the best opportunities that they can have so the how that is manifested certainly the co-location will be a, a very big step in being able to uh, align uh, timetables to be able to offer to ensure that there is a breadth of, of opportunity for those students um, and how that works itself through in terms of full integration it remains to be
1: seen at this point and I wouldn't want to be drawn on that. I mean whether 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 Guernsey likes it or not we are intrinsically linked with the England qualifications and so if, if the English government or UK government decide that they are going to remove A levels, remove T levels and bring in this new qualification, we're going to sit, have to sit down and think really carefully about how we can deliver that breadth of curriculum. Now, if you think about the Sixth Form Centre being on Les Oswald campus in the future, as we would obviously want to happen sooner rather than later, and we were to go down the route of the ABS, the Advanced British Standards, as England are proposing at the moment, it may well be that those subjects such as English and maths, which uh, the UK government is suggesting should continue to be studied up till 18, irrespective of whatever GCSE level you got, that that would, for example, be coordinated alongside the Guernsey Institute because they also have a very large cohort of young people who also study English and maths as part of their apprenticeship, as part of their 16 to 19 provision. And, you know, what we would like to do is obviously there's no point replicating and duplicating. We want to make sure that there is making best, most efficient use of resources if if both are going to be studying subjects such as that. Now, obviously, as, as plans move forward for whatever that curriculum and those qualifications might look like in the future we'll have to reassess in the future probably 2030, 2031 about what those look like and looking about what the whole campus can deliver to ensure that we can have that breadth of curriculum that all those young people can offer whether it's Mm -hmm just on the in the sixth form centre part of the campus or whether they're also studying subjects across in different areas. And we're not at that stage at the moment where we can plan and think about what that looks like because we are going to be driven and thinking about what those qualifications look like in the future and what the art of the possible will be on that site. But the, the fact of having them all in one place will undoubtedly make it easier and more efficient and actually I would say more vibrant and exciting for those students studying there because... The choices and breadth of what they will be able to select will be broader than being um, co-located with an eleven to sixteen school, for example.
2: Can I just add here also that you know you probably noticed that Nick and I sort of do a bit of a tag team. That I, I sort of start to get look at the high level strategic sort of stuff in the aspirations of the island, island and as this is top, he's the leader of the education um, system, and and so talks much more to the operational side of things. And and if we are picking up on what Nick's just said in terms of our long-term aspirations, to make Guernsey a continued attractive place to to stay, but also for people to come to Guernsey and settle or for people to come back to Guernsey and settle, there has to be a really compelling um, case for people to, to stay and to draw them here. And education, we know culturally, forms part of that compelling story. Businesses who want to come and settle and to do business and to make profit in the island and to use it as a basis um, from which to to conduct their business from will need to know that they've got a really good pipeline of education, level of education, people coming out of the education system who are well qualified, good amount of knowledge, got a good... Um, uh, bag full of skills at their disposal so that they don't have to invest too much upfront in training those people, which we're getting at the moment. We know that certain large companies have got their own internal um, uh, training areas, not just because they find it cost efficient to do so and because people are are trained in the, the, the corporate way, but also because they're finding that in previous years, the lack of Uh, basic knowledge that they, they were finding from their new recruits was such that they had to put in place their own training programs. Now we want that to become a thing of the past. We want students to be able to go into a business environment already having a work ethic, already understanding what it's like to be a young adult working within a team environment of people from different backgrounds, um, of people uh, who have been brought up in different ways and the way to do that is to bring all of our students together to be able to give them the broadest possible uh, diet, educational diet, um, to be able to give them the skills and the knowledge that they need to take them on and for them to be successful. And in turn, that makes our island more attractive for so many different reasons, for people looking in, for people who are, 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 living here at the moment, islanders who want to stay here. And until and unless we get that right, the island will founder in the future and will not be well enough equipped to deal with outside threats of which there are many at the moment. We know that. Um, and so it's so important that we, 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 create the foundations at the moment. And whilst we might have visions and we're talking about, and you're asking, well, this sounds a bit more like integration rather than co-location. Well, it could well be in the future. But unless we take these first steps to make this significant change, which is a positive change for the island, we're not going to be set up to deal with the vicissitudes, um, that, that life throws at us.
0: Yeah I I wasn't suggesting integration as a criticism it's just different <laughs> to what I'd heard before with the co-location uh, thing. In terms of um, you know instilling that work ethic I mean one of the principal ways of doing that one would imagine is um, ensuring that students feel valued um, and uh, obviously this is where we, we come to another one of the issues with which when we're talking about sending sixth form students to Lamar de Cartre, a building that you have described on many occasions as being not fit for uh, not fit for purpose mm. um, I mean it's clearly problematic um, at all you, the very fact that you don't want them there um, longer than is absolutely necessary yes, uh, it makes it quite clear that it's not it's not um, an ideal solution at all
2: for, for um, long-term use and I think we've got to be very clear Simon that actually when when the phrase politically is used not fit for purpose what we're talking about is a long-term sustainability well, you, you didn't
0: purpose. give that caveat at the time that you were saying not fit for purpose when you were saying it had to be closed
2: we're back at two years ago, uh, or, or longer than that, three years ago, when we were putting the model forward, because we're a successive t- states terms have identified that the Lamar de Cartret site, in terms of a long term solution for the reorganisation of secondary and post-16, which is a subject that's been um on on our desks, uh, needing to be cleared for a long time, um, and for resolution to be given, the lo- the Lamar de Cartret site was explored for um, re, um, redevelopment uh, in terms of a new building being put there, um, but also for foreclosure um, uh, in terms of, of another site being being found. And it was decided that uh, for best use of, of state's funding, that they didn't want to um, explore um, a redevelopment of the campus. And but we've always known that that building, in terms of the long-term solution for reorganisation, especially in a non-selective environment, was not going to be part of of the the reorganisation. So that is what is meant politically by the term fit for purpose. Not that the building is going to fall down tomorrow, or not that in the short um, or you know medium term that it's not um, uh, viable as as a short or medium term or an interim solution.
0: That, that is that is a change in in in. Uh description of the site though isn't it since the time that you were giving your fellow deputies the hurry up to Mm -hmm. uh, get on and and, uh, decide to close it um, so I I, I I do accept as well and I'm sure everybody accepts that there's a very good reason why, as with the Coangeer campus that you haven't spent loads of money on the place because you've been expecting that it's not going to continue um, but um, we are nevertheless we're we're in the position now where we're going to be sending students for a minimum of four academic years to Lamar de Carter site um, as a sixth form Um Let's look at the practicalities of that, because that's what we're here for. Is to, uh, and it, it is a site that is adjacent to a primary school. Um, uh, so does that in itself offer up any uh, particular problems? I, I remember Deputy Bob Murray in the last States meeting was talking about his concerns about having um, a, a 16 to 18-year-old adults adjacent to um, primary school children. He was talking about it in the context of the Varond. But it, nevertheless, clearly is the same sort of thing at the Lamda Um And then you're, you're looking puzzled. You don't yeah, recall this speech. I don't know. That. Well, that. I was. I, uh, I wasn't in the chamber either. But I was downstairs listening on the radio. Um, but. Um, then there's also practicalities. One thing that's been mentioned to me a couple of times is where on earth are they all going to park? Because every single space is taken up by staff down there at Lamar at the moment. So what, what plans have you got in place to solve those problems?
1: There, there's, a, there's a few things that we're obviously looking at really seriously down at um, Lamar. The first thing you mentioned about the, um, is it is it a problem with those 16 to 18 learners on on Lamar site? Actually, I think it's potentially beneficial. There's many of those um, young people at the moment who already supporting lots of our primary schools with reading and working with those young children and certainly we'd look at those opportunities about how the Sixth Form Centre being located on that site can also support and work alongside Lamar Primary School and I think there's there's lots and lots of benefits there that we haven't quite explored in full but we know from speaking to the Sixth Form Centre staff that we can see lots of benefits there. We've made a significant investment over the years around that site whilst we've been maintaining it to ensure that it's still fit for purpose as a secondary school. I mean obviously, you've mentioned there's been lots of false dawns about will it will it remain, won't it remain, what investments needed? And certainly there's been quite significant investment over the previous years around um, roofing, around windows, around carpets, around new science labs, around new food tech. Spaces and certainly before the um, before the students move over there for in twenty twenty five plans around the um, the science labs are going to go ahead because we need to create things like fume cupboards for A level for example we need to make a few further adjustments to science labs we need to make sure that there's a dark room um, but also look at putting an IT rich suite in as well but apart from that in order to create that adult learning environment, the principal designate Mr. James is also going to be looking at how else can we use other spaces once we've timetabled to create some of those vibrant social areas and we'll be using equipment and furniture and things from the existing sixth form as well as looking at what other investment we need to make. So I'm confident that it will be a really good environment for those young people to learn as a standalone sixth form. There will be up to 450 young people there so it will be a really vibrant community. Now, when you're putting those learners on site who are young adults and looking to think about transport, there are some things that um, we're looking at already working really closely with the primary school around any of those transport and parking things that might become issues. The first thing we need to think about actually is there are existing parking there, which is limited, but when we don't have um, secondary school buses, for example, needing, there is a significant large area where buses normally park which hasn't been used for parking before we've looked at uh, park and ride schemes we've looked at um and we'll be talking to environment infrastructure about whether any other routes need to be changed from a public service perspective to support young people getting there and there's lots of different options that um for active travel that we're looking as as well as young people using their own cars and mopeds and things. So
0: so for active travels, for example, putting making sure that there are showers available for students to yeah, so I mean, cycle in and, and get ready for
1: their day. That sort indeed
2: of... There are showers there. And all those yeah.
1: things, oh, yeah. Okay. There's, there's already showers available for as part of the PE, but that would be made made available for those sixth form students. Uh, and also the, the different facilities that we could look about that have, been put, have been put on site as part of Lamar you know the bike racks and things like that but mm. working with that student body and the student design team who've been part of thinking about what that might look like and the move might look like and the design principal to actually start scoping out the use of the campus alongside how we're going to get young people there as well
0: and there's about one and a half academic years left of Lamar before this all happens yeah. um, I think exactly we're in half term yeah, yeah. Um, exactly we're at a year and a half um Oh, uh, you have given me this this reassurance in the past, but um, there's not going to be a sort of wind down of that school, is there, in terms of provision? Um, because that will be uh, on the minds of a lot of parents or students at that school.
1: No, there's absolutely no wind down of of the access to specialist subject teachers for those students who are remaining on the Lamar site until it amalgamates with Labour Um there may be some some teachers are have started to work across both sites, but that doesn't mean to say they're no longer available for Lamar. So, for example, Mrs Tomlin is now principal across both sites and uh, we have a um, head of school, Mr Ramsey, who's overseeing Lamar site. And there are some staff at the senior leadership level who are already working across both sites because we needed to really think about how we were going to make sure the transition was going to be successful. I wasn't on Ireland when St Peterport closed, but mm. certainly some colleagues were and we're really keen to ensure that some of the lessons learned when that facility closed and some of the problems which secondary schools encountered post that aren't replayed out so although the transition is 18 months away we're working really hard now to think about the timetabling to think about those students and their transition to think about staff transition and what it feels and looks like for them because we need and must make it successful for all members of the community so that they're comfortable as parents that when their young people are going to move across or in fact stay at, at Lamar for the sixth form that they are happy that they're going to be accessing those subject specialisms and those curriculums aren't going to be um reduced but also that when their young people might be going over to labour in the final years of their secondary education that they know that they're going to be accessing some of the teachers they've already been working with, but the new teachers they are going to be working with as well that they're familiar with.
0: Um, One of the issues, I guess, there, though that is not necessarily within your uh, uh, hands... To to solve is um th- there has been quite a bit of staff turnover uh, at the site in the last couple of years I, and I can imagine why with all the uncertainty uh, that's been around and and you know anecdotally I don't have exact figures but um, the colleges are seeing increased numbers Elizabeth College is expanding Blanchland has opened up a new sixth form in recent years without any difficulty and the place is full um, I, I I also hear anecdotally from a, a friend of mine who works at one of these colleges that to when a when a vacancy Becomes available, the number of applications is a great deal higher from um, uh, existing states maintained school teaching staff than used to be the case. Um, so, keeping hold of and uh, sufficiently motivating your current staff must must be one of your uh, biggest challenges. What what can you do to uh, encourage them to to stay within the states maintained sector?
1: I, I think I think the biggest positive thing that could have happened to support our staff maintaining their roles within our sector is a decision the state's made in order to continue to move forward with the transforming education program for years our staff have been in periods of uncertainty not knowing what's going to happen and it is completely completely unfair and unsustainable from a person who is leading the education provision across this island it's quite simply not acceptable we've had 75 percent of our senior leaders across secondary education in temporary posts because of the delay 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 over a period of time 50 54 55 percent of our middle level leaders so those heads of department have also been in, in temporary management posts for that period of time the point we've got to now and I think this is sometimes forgotten because the transforming education program is too often seen as a building project the building part and Les osway, rebuild. It's just a part of the whole transformation of education that we're putting in place. We've got a new staffing structure across the whole of secondary and post-16 education. Mm -hmm. By the end of next week, we'll have put in place 101 out of our 236, 263 staff across our secondary provision into their designate posts. So in other words, they will know exactly where they are going to be teaching in September 2025, once we have three 11 to 16 schools and a separate sixth form. Now, the process that we've gone through to achieve that has not been simple. And the work that we've done with our colleagues, with the teaching staff and with our union colleagues, who have been really supportive and worked alongside us through all this has been, has been really positive experience. Now, by doing that and by getting those teachers into those places, we are now getting much more positive Um, feedback from our teachers who feel for the first time, even though there will be a delay on the sixth form centre being built, a level of certainty around the vision of where education is going, what it will look like, and their part in it. We've come from a position where last year we had 17% secondary staff turnover compared to a 9.5% nationally within England. So you are right, we can't ignore the fact that Teachers have been leaving for a variety of different reasons, and some have gone to the colleges. However, our current recruitment and retention is already looking more positive than it has been in the past. We have our primary recruitment and retention is really positive, and we didn't have any vacancies in September. Likewise, um, across some of our service areas, but secondary, we need to play out the the whole um, model of staffing structures and see where we are. But certainly the feedback we're getting now is that staff are starting to feel more settled. They're starting to feel that there is a greater level of certainty. And what we really need to move forward for the children and young people who are the, the beneficiaries of all this is some stability. So we have staff who are specialists, who are excellent teachers in front of them on a day-to-day basis.
0: Mm-hmm. OK, I have one final question, which actually I'm going to ask on behalf of my son. Um, year 10, Lamar. Um, he, uh, actually, within three days of his beginning his educational life at the age of four, uh, the education announced that they were going to close his school, which they subsequently did. Then his parents went and removed him in, into the Victorian education system for four years. Victoria, Australia, that is, not in the 19th century. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then uh, within a year of his starting on the it was announced that uh, education would be closing that school. Um, and uh, so I asked him, have you got a question for the people in charge of education in Guernsey when I go and speak to them later uh, when I left the house this morning? And he said, uh, ask them, is any of this actually going to happen? So how confident are you that what's been decided is what's going to end up happening?
2: I'm very confident that what's been decided is going to end up happening for your son to um, to young Mr. Delarue. Um, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can. I'm, I'm absolutely committed to doing the best for each and every student, for him, for his friends, his peers, because it's what they deserve. And we've really let them down over the last few years, I think, in not... Getting on with what we we pledged to do, Um, I'm very confident that this is going to happen.
1: And I'll just add, my my son is a year older than your son has asked me similar questions, which is quite challenging, as you might imagine. Sometimes in my house, my role is about ensuring that what we do is improving our education system for and everything that we do has to have a positive impact on our children, young people. We're not where we should be. And we're not where we need to be with secondary education at the moment. But despite all the challenges, our staff across that secondary phase are working so hard to make those improvements across that secondary school partnership. And there is a tangible improvement of outcomes. There is a tangible improvement of teaching and learning. And I'm confident that if we can move forward with this model of education, we will and can make it work. And Guernsey, for the first time in a number of years, will have a secondary education system where the outcomes are what we would expect to see of an island with the wealth and economic ability that Guernsey has and I don't think we've seen that for a number of years but we really have that opportunity now and you can see it in our primary schools where they have that certainty and stability, the quality of education that's delivered there, our secondary staff are working just as hard but have been held back Mm -hmm. by certain things out of their control now for the first time The stability and certainty puts things back in their control so they can concentrate on that focus on making sure all the children, young people that come through our doors leave with high quality outcomes.
0: Well, Nick Hines, Director of Education and President of Education, Sport and Culture, Deputy Andrea Dudley Owen, thanks very much for uh, coming here today to spell out the practicalities of what is in place at the moment. Um, should there be any further change, you are of course invited to come back and uh, explain um, or, or even any sort of uh, developments in, in terms of you know steps forward in what your plans are, then you're always welcome to come back and explain some more. So thanks for making we'll time today. we releasing
2: our um, uh, annual education report against our education strategy in the next uh, week or so and um, hopefully there'll be uh, you know th- there'll be some interest in that which um, it, we're developing an education system to be proud of um, and everyone is working exceptionally hard pulling together in the same direction and um, you know it, as I said uncertainty kills progress so we, we really do need to, to we're staying we're committed and we're dedicated to improving the education system.
0: Well, thanks very much for your
1: time today. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.